Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another ball movement. I'm Matt Moderno. He's Mike Creppy. We've got a great guest for you today. Our first women's basketball player of the show. So it's going to be kind of interesting. Switch things up a little bit. We've got Lindsay Pulliam. She's a two-time first team all Big Ten player, second team all Big Ten player, AP All-American honorable mention, uh, Wooden Award finalist. Like she is an actual baller, like the the truest definition of the, the term bucket. Uh, Mike, what should people know about about Lindsay, and what do you think we're going to get out of this episode? We have a true hooper with us on this episode. You know, forget male, female, gender. She can play ball. She's a bucket in every sense of the word. Um, she's in her first year overseas, and her perspective and her journey is very interesting. So can't wait for you guys to hear what Lindsay has to say. And Mike, this is somebody you've seen from, you know, they were – they were very little all the way up to, you know, professional basketball player now. Like, how early did you know? Like, could you tell? Like, all, all that kind of stuff. Well, I've known Lindsay since she was about 10 or 11. Um, her family went to the same gym as mine. And so I saw her all the time. She was always on the court. Her dad had her through a pretty structured regimen. And it was, it was, it was clear that she wasn't forced to be there. She wanted to be there. So her work ethic was always there. And then her skill level. She was a pro long before she got paid to play basketball before getting drafted in the WNBA and before playing overseas. So um, she's been a pro um, through her high school and college career, as Matt alluded to. And I knew early. I knew early because I'm a pro myself. And you kind of see things. You see signs of this this player has potential and that her, her potential came to fruition. I think this is another really good conversation for us because this is the youngest player we've had on the show so far. We've had some folks that are toward the end of their their professional career. We've had some people that are a couple years into that, that sort of thing. But Lindsay is the first rookie, basically overseas rookie that we've had. So I, I think she can add some some really unique perspective to, to what that's like. And I don't know, I, I think anybody, if you do something long enough, you get a little jaded maybe or whatever, you see it more as a business. Like for Lindsay, this is this is a fresh new adventure. And I think folks will kind of, you know, get some of that as, as we get through the conversation. Exactly. Her perspective is going to be raw. It's going to be fresh. You know, she's she's in it right now. You know, she it's not something that she's had time to reflect on yet. So, you know, what what we're getting from her is 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 what she's actually feeling. She didn't have time to curate an idea or an opinion. Like this is exactly how she feels in the moment. So I think that that always tends to lead to, you know, better, better episodes and better interviews. Absolutely. Everybody let us know, give us some feedback on this one. You hear it, you know, what kind of guests you want to hear? Are there perspectives you haven't gotten so far that, you know, we can try to get to suggestions for guests are always welcome. We want this to be stuff that you'll benefit from. So that's why we're trying to get you different stuff. And Obviously, Mike brings so much uh, experience himself to the table and, and from guiding these kind of players that, that it allows us to kind of seamlessly navigate through, you know, whatever the guest experience is. And, but Lindsay's just, she's a Northwestern comms major. So she, she's got this all covered by herself. She could have probably done the podcast alone and told everybody some really good stuff. No, exactly. You know, she's bright. She, she's talented. So it's going to be, I'm excited for everybody to hear her story and her journey. As always, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We rely on on good reviews online. So if you can leave us a five-star on iTunes or something like that, we obviously appreciate it. Don't write it if it isn't true, though. So let us know what we can do to get the five stars if that's not the case, because we want uh, you know everybody to really get like the most out of their time listening to this show. We'll take a little ad break here, but when we get back, you'll be hearing from Lindsay Pulliam. Before we get to today's guest, here's just a quick word from one of our sponsors, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football betting action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 and 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, now let's get to the show. Okay, now we're back with Lindsay Pulliam. Lindsay, your bio on the WNBA website and uh, from your college program at Northwestern both say your nickname is Pull Up Pulliam. That's like the coldest nickname I've ever heard. Like <laughs> you have to you have to hit that shot with a lot of uh, regularity to get that to stick as a nickname. You know, you're taking the ball off the dribble and launching into your signature shot is what it says on there. That, that's pretty cool. How do you uh, how'd you pull that one off? I want to say uh, my freshman year of college, one of our assistants uh, came up with the with the name Pull Up Pulliam. Um, and ever since then, it kind of has just stuck. The announcer who would announce at our home games asked me, are you OK with me calling you that over the over the uh whatever, over the mic during the games. I was like, yeah, it's cool. And it's kind of just become a thing since then. Just, just to give the, the audience some context, I've known Lindsay since she was probably 10 years old. Her and her family went to the same gym. And once I heard her success at, at Northwestern and, and going forward, it didn't surprise me. She's been a pro for a long time in my eyes. You know, obviously I've been a pro and I know what a pro looks like. And just the way she was working out, you know, her skill level at a young age and things like that. Uh, I like that didn't surprise me at all. So once I started to hear the nation kind of get wind of what I already saw, it didn't surprise me. So she's been a pro for a minute. We'll, Appreciate that. We'll spoil this up front. There's 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 another Maryland tie here. We keep doing this, Lindsay. Where uh, everybody we've had on so far has some sort of tie <laughs> to the East Coast. So way to represent. Mike just hit on it. You you know working hard at a young age and things like that. I heard the story about you know your dad pulling you aside. I think in high school and saying like, all right, we got to retool this jumper. I think, you know, middle a lot school. of middle school, even, even early. There you go. Yeah. I think a lot of people when they're having success would be hesitant to do that and spend the time kind of getting that right at a young age. Uh, but I think that's probably partly the reason why you are where you are. Can you, can you talk about that experience at all? Yeah, for sure. It was a definitely a frustrating one, but it started in that gym that Mike was talking about. And I just remember like one day my dad was like, well, what are your goals? And what do you want to accomplish? I told him I wanted to play at a D1 and I wanted to go pro. And he said, okay, you can't keep shooting the way that you've been shooting it. And that's kind of where it started. And he told me that the pull-up was kind of like a lost art in basketball. And if I could get my release point higher than where it was, then it would be pretty hard for somebody to be able to guard me. And um, it was a lot of frustrating, frustrating days in the gym. Um, just trying when you're trying to retweak your shot it's a it's a lot of work it's uncomfortable uh you're not used to it and then on top of that having your dad yell at you all the time and you're going home I went home to my mom like oh my gosh I can't do it don't let me go back to the gym with him but obviously now with the nick the nickname pull up pulliam all that I, I thank him every day for that so that's kind of how that went it sounds very familiar to another great shooter that we just saw pass a milestone you know Steph Curry and his dad Dell. Yeah did the same thing. That's a tough process, especially yes. when you have some type of success, a modicum of success, you know, your jump shot is everything. You know, you see a lot of players are handicapped and, and they're limited because they can't shoot. So as a, as a guard in particular, as a wing, you have to be able to shoot the ball. So imagine like you have success at a young age and now that is basically being taken away from you until you get adjusted to this new form. So I can already understand how frustrating that would be because we've all went through it. But um, yep. it, pay, it paid off, you know, and that, th these are all things that make a pro, you know, that dedication, the discipline, the sacrifice, you know, you know, people overlook that stuff. When, when we talk about pros, they just see the money and, and the fame and the Instagram. But this is what a pro is, the foundation of a pro right here. Yep. And this is why we want to get to these kind of stories, too, Lindsay. And, and when Mike brought you up, it, it seemed like a great idea because you have just sort of a a slightly different path than some of the guys that we've talked about because well they've they've been guys and it is a different sort of setup on the women's side of the game where as good as as you are like no matter what success you have in the WNBA later in your career and things like that you do still kind of have to go overseas and that's yeah. where the majority of your money's made but before we get to the overseas stuff just want to talk about you know getting drafted i mean that's got to be sort of the 
you know, the coolest thing that you can happen and, and the thing you're looking forward to. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like and yeah. um, your aspirations for that? So draft day, I got to be at home with my family, just watching. It's kind of nerve wracking too, just waiting for your name to show up on, on the TV, on the board. Um, but definitely like an unforgettable experience. Uh, seeing my name come up is like, wow, like all the work and all those times I was in the gym, uh, frustrated, all that, all those hours that I put in finally coming to light uh, was, was really, was really amazing. And then getting to go into training camp and work, play against uh, some of the best players in the world. So just something that has, has made me better. And um, obviously coming overseas now and getting ready to get prepared to try and get back in the league coming in the spring. So Lindsay, go back and talk about kind of like the process coming from, from college, let the people know where you went to school. Yeah. Um, some of your accolades, you don't have to be humble, you know, flex, <laughs> you know, because you had, you had some pretty big achievements in college and in a really tough conference, um, Power Five conference. So talk about that. And then as you went through college leading up to the draft, like what was that process like? What what, yeah. what were you and your agents um, hearing from teams, feedback and things like that? Okay. Um. All right. So college career, uh, all Big Ten, all four years of my college career. Honorable, honorable mention, All-American. Um, my junior year, won a Big Ten championship, made the NCAA tournament this past year. Scored two thousand points in my career. That's just some of the some of the highlights that that really stand out to me. But basically, going in going into the draft, uh, pretty much all year or the end of my junior year, a bunch of agents started to reach out to me. Uh, hey, like we want to represent you. So it's kind of like going through the recruiting process all over again. Like you're in high school trying to pick a college. So um, just going through that, talking to agents, uh, hearing what agents are saying about what teams are thinking of me um I talked to a couple of teams uh before the draft just to try and get to know so they could get to know me I get to know them and uh just kind of their thoughts before going into that then signing finally taking an agent and signing with one and then just leading up to the draft was kind of like taught my agent talking to coaches and seeing you know what was what could happen uh, going into the draft, and then obviously you have like mock drafts, things like that, leading up to it. So that's kind of how how that went. So like, is it similar to the men's process where you know you guys have workouts and and you go work out with the teams and things like that, or is it different on the women's side? It's definitely different, and I want to mm-hmm. say with COVID too, that that definitely changed a lot of things up too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure, like before COVID hit, scouts would be able to come to some of our practices throughout the season, but obviously, like that's not able to happen. We don't have a combine, so it's literally just based on wow. your college games. So uh, these teams, like the WNBA coaches, they they know you based, just based off of your college career and what you've done, and if you're a and your agent too, just talking and trying to boost you up and, and explain to the coaches, like why you should be on their team, like why they should give you a, a contract or a training camp contract, whatever it is. So really, uh, really different. Yeah, that's, that's different for sure. So yeah. in, in that same breath, when you're talking with your agents and things like that, cause I know on the men's side, you know, we've had some guys uh, that we had on as guests that got drafted mm-hmm. and, Overseas is never a conversation for them. Their only focus is getting into the first or second round and what that process is like and getting signed maybe as an undrafted free agent. And then it's like, if none of that works out, then it's overseas. So on the women's side, is the overseas talks just as prominent as WNBA talks? Yeah. I think a lot of times when you hear uh, women's players talking about going pro, it's kind of a overseas and the if you want to play in the league too it goes hand in hand so mm-hmm. even when I was saying what my goals were is to play in the league and play overseas because that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna get my money and you know just being able to play all year round but it's definitely in the conversation and when picking an agent as well they have connects overseas where they have connects so it's definitely something that comes up a lot when you when you're coming into your professional career. A lot of guys, when they're relying on their agents to get stuff out to overseas teams, they're, they're taking their NBA summer league film, their training Mm -hmm. camp film, their preseason film, those kinds of things for you. It's like you said, it's strictly 
your college tape, are there any Zoom calls yeah. or conversations with teams or it's just, hey, you know, your agent sends out a couple clips and uh, maybe some game footage and then they decide from there? Yeah, pretty much. So I, uh, my agent just sending out, I guess, my film from college, uh, talking to teams, uh, seeing what they what kind of positions they need, what players they need. And that's kind of how it goes from there. And as a, you know, esteemed college player like yourself, I'm sure you had, you know, a lot of options to choose from what kind of led you to, well, first of all, tell folks where you are and where you're playing this year. And, and then, uh, what led you to that and what was kind of the deciding factor to, to play there overall? So I'm playing in Turkey and it was kind of, uh, let my agent go to work, uh, let me know what teams he's talking to, uh, what area, uh, what countries, and then basically, uh, he kind of just deciphered what would be the best fit, like what would be the best deal. And that's kind of how that went. He told me, uh, team in Turkey want, wants you to sign. Um, obviously, Turkey is a really good league on the women's side. So it's kind of no brainer with that one. Just go with it. And it was good, a good place for me to be in my first year overseas, especially, uh, you know, getting prepared and trying to get ready to come back to uh, get back in the WNBA. See, something Lindsay just said um, really stuck out to me was that even on the men's side, just in general, when you go overseas, a lot of, especially when I came out, it wasn't, it was taboo for you to have a strategy. You know, guys were just taking deals just because it was on the table. The money was there. They didn't really know, okay, if I play here, this is going to lead to this, this, this in the next two and three, four years. And so with the thing that I think is going to really help you is that you have a plan. And I don't know if it was you that had the plan or your agent. But you guys have some type of strategy. You're not just going somewhere just because they want you and that there's money. You know, you have a plan to get back to the WNBA. So with that being said, you have to take a different path than somebody that's just chasing money. And so not to say that the money's not going to come because you definitely yeah. have to get paid. <laughs> Forget all that. Like, I tell people that all the time. Like, I, people don't like to talk about it. But at the end of the day, you want to have something to show for. You don't just want jerseys on the wall. And, you know, and passport stamps, you need to have something yep. in your account to show like, look, this is what I did. And so talk about not only Turkey, but like the, the international play that you're playing in as well with the Turkish team. We're, we're in a tough league. So pretty much every team that we've played, there's at least one player that that's playing in the league right now. Um, usually like two. Um, and, and it's tough game, game in and game out. Um, and this is FIBA Euro but, Cup, right? Yep, Euro Cup, and then obviously the Turkish League. So definitely, it's been it's been tough, and you know my team's not too strong. So even with that on with that on top of it, it's mm -hmm. been it's been tough, but it, it's been fun just getting getting to go out there and uh, you know go against some of the best and just trying trying to continue to get better. And I think it, it shows for more, even when your team's not great, when you're still being able to perform, when there's, you know, there's one or two people on your team, just that the other team has to focus on. So it, it's been, uh, it's been some work. Yeah. And, and then the same, like going along with that, I don't, we'll talk about the off the court adjustments in a second, yeah. but as you were, you know, preparing, like once you got the offer from your agent, and you started to, because it's a mental preparation. You have to get ready to come overseas. Like, did you even know what to expect when you came overseas or were you just kind of just going with the flow? I think a little bit of both. Like my yeah. agent prepared me. He told me that I was going to a city where there's not that much to do. So it's really going to mm. be like you you have a lot of time to yourself to yeah. just reflect and, and get better. And it's going to be pretty much all basketball and that. So, you know, I was expecting that. But at the same time, when you get out there, it, it's like, whoa, like, all right, I wasn't expecting it that much. But for the most part, I feel like I was pretty prepared to come over here. It's definitely different. But I, for the most part, I feel like I was kind of kind of prepared, but definitely a culture shock as well. Everybody you knows what the WNBA looks like game wise and, and how everybody yeah. plays. Had you seen any footage of your league or your team going into uh, playing over there? Like, did you know what the style of play was going to look like or did you just kind of get there the first day and have to figure it out? <laughs> um, I, I've watched over I've watched overseas games and everything. So I, I kind of had a little bit of feeling. But, you know, once you get out here, you, you you adjust to how they play. It's a lot more physical than I than I was expecting. So that that was one thing, but definitely uh, I I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. 
And I think one thing that a lot of people, you know, it's a stereotype. You know, we all saw Love and Basketball and Sonalita's character <laughs> when she went to Spain. And I think they have a, a, a misconception that nobody speaks English and that basically the American is off to the side doing her own thing. And that one teammate that speaks English translates everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that. All the coaches speak English. You know, the staff speaks English. So talk, talk about that. Is that what you were thinking when you went over there? Or did you know that they spoke English? Um, I knew there would be somebody. Like, if it wasn't going to be the whole team, I knew it was going to be somebody that could speak English. So my coach, like, my our head coach can speak English pretty well. Um, but actually, like, our, our assistant doesn't really speak English that much. So um, that's a little bit different. But some of my teammates speak English as well. So definitely, like, there's people that are going to speak English. And it's not just, like, all Turkish all the time. But it mm-hmm. is different, like, when people come up to a parent, because apparently I look like I speak Turkish. And they'll come <laughs> up and speak Turkish to you. And it's like, all right, I don't I don't understand that. But, yeah. What's the split on your team, Lindsay? Like, of people, players or teammates that do speak English, kind of half and half or more do than don't? Um, I would say less do, less don't. I'm sorry. So it's me and my other American. And then before we we had two Russian girls, but they're not on our team anymore. But I'd say a couple of my other Turkish teammates can speak English. So not a lot, but it, it works. <laughs> What's that like trying to play with somebody? I mean, you're in a position where you're going to have the ball a good amount too. And like, you, you've got to be able to communicate with someone is you just, you speak the language of basketball with them or the yeah, coaches help. Then, or... <laughs> um, you know, basketball, the language of basketball doesn't change regardless of where you are. So everybody understands, you know, screen or uh, whatever it is like help things like that. So everybody can, can understand each other on that aspect but it is it is a little bit difficult when it comes to just trying to like talk you're trying to communicate and figure things out when you're not able to speak the same language so it's kind of like okay hey can you tell her what I'm trying to tell her because she doesn't she doesn't understand what I'm trying to say have you picked up any uh Turkish like just to help even basketball that's one thing I would suggest you do because when I was in China that helped me out a lot like I I could speak fluent basketball (laughs) in Chinese a little bit. I have. I And I understand, too. Like, it's gotten to the point, like, where my coach will say something in Turkish. And, but I understand what he's I understand what he's trying to say or what he's going to say. Um, so it it's definitely gotten easier as time has gone. And I'm, I'm catching on to a little bit of Turkish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're from the D.C. area. You just spent the last four years kind of basically fairly close to Chicago. What's Turkey like? What's the city you're in like? Give us kind of the the breakdown of where you're at and and how you're getting along. So the city I'm in is uh, pretty small. Uh, There's probably three restaurants that me and my other American teammate rotate between (laughs) for uh, dinner. Um, So really not a lot to do. It's probably like one movie theater, if that, maybe like a bowling alley. But other than that, it's really just been like all basketball. So in that aspect, it's like very different for me because in the States, you know, you can always find something to do. There's always going to be something to do outside of basketball. So that's been really different. But I, I do like Turkey. I've been to Istanbul, a couple other cities as we've been traveling in those kind of resemble a little bit like New York and things like that. So it's cool when we get to travel to kind of get a little piece, like feel like you're back in the, back in the States. Um, but other than that, I've been, I've been doing all right. I've had a lot of uh, uh, free time, a lot of Netflix, um, a little bit of reading. I've, I've started writing a little bit. So just trying to find things to occupy my time when I'm not doing like extra workouts and stuff like that. She's much more advanced than I was in my first overseas. <laughs> I watched every TV show known to man. I was yeah. so unpro- I was so unproductive off the court because I was in like my first two years. I was in small cities until my third year where I was in Athens. But the first two years, all I did was watch TV, like yeah, just the music, play video games. But then I started to say, all right, we need to be more productive. So I applaud you for that, like writing, just trying to <laughs> trying to self improvement because we have a lot yeah. of free time overseas and we have. That's an advantage, in my opinion, because we can sit down. We don't have to talk to people. We don't want to talk to them. Nobody out of sight, out of mind. It's a beautiful thing. People, It is. Yeah, because, you know, when it you is, home, everybody sure. wants to pull you this way, that way. 
Now they they always yeah. assume that you're busy. So mm-hmm. you have time to really lock in and, and get some things done. Yeah, but, uh, when you're really not a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. You're really not like we, busy at think, all. We think we're in some foreign planet. Like that. There's nothing. Yeah. Like they, they can't call us or anything. Like FaceTime works. Like my yeah. iMessage works. And so it's it's interesting. But uh, talk about um. So so how close how close are you to Istanbul, to that major city? Um, so it it's probably like an hour and a half flight. Um, okay. So I'd have to fly if, if I wanted to go. Yeah, and so, so and like people think like we have so much free time that we can just travel and everything. Like, yeah, talk about no. that. Like, yeah, you really don't um, have time to sightsee and all of that if you're doing what you're supposed to do. Right. So I've been here like four months now, um, and I want to say the maybe the first, maybe the beginning of the second month I was here. We our coach said if we went, if we won our um, two. Euro Cup qualifier qualifier games. So you give us like four days off, and we can go do whatever. So me and my me and the other American, uh, we went to Istanbul, hung out there for a little bit, and actually got to you know just explore and just be out in like a, a city where there's things to do and stuff like that. So, but other than that, it's been it's work. <laughs> all yeah, all work. Yeah, all work. work for sure. And yeah, if we do on. get time uh-huh. when we're on the road, it'll be like okay. You guys get like two hours. You can go to the little city center or the shopping center right uh-huh. across the street from the hotel, and that's that. I tell people this all the time, and it's it's becoming more evident with the guests that we have on. You have to love basketball when you go overseas. Like it can't be about anything else, the money, the lifestyle. Like if you don't love basketball, no. you're gonna be miserable. And so for sure. And I know and, you're a junkie. You, yeah, and you're a junkie. So yeah, you and you figure that out quick too. It's like okay yeah you, you really like especially when you're in a city with nothing to do like it you right. have to love it you absolutely yeah. have to love it and you got to think about like the clubs and stuff like that it may not always be going the way it should be going the way like for me I'm in college like you're used to people everything being on time like planning you get your itineraries all that stuff like you're ready to go you know what's going on but you know you just got to be prepared for whatever out here so I've I've learned a lot in in a short yeah. period of time. I th- I think Matt has a follow up question to help you, t- so you can expound on that about just mm-hmm. you know the adjustment. Well, I just wanted to pull on on one thing there, Lindsay. Like, what what was better when like every because in college, like every second of your day is pretty well scheduled and planned out. You've got a morning workout, like you got to go to these classes, you got to go to this yeah. training, like, and you got to go back to another practice. Then you got to go back and you got to study for this class and write this paper. And now, you know, maybe you get up, you practice once a day, and then you've got to fill a day. Like what was better for you or what did you prefer? Oh man, I love this. I've been praying for this since <laughs> I was a kid. I said, whenever oh. I can be done with school and I can just yeah. play and get paid to do what I love, that that's what I, that's what I want to do. Even when I was in training camp in Atlanta, like, first like two days I called my mom I was like this is the life like yeah. all I have yeah. to do is worry about go to pra- I go to practice do what I gotta do get in my workouts and then the rest is up to me and I don't have to go to class so I I absolutely love it that's a tough northwestern education too like they're working you pretty hard up there so I, I think getting away from yeah. that I, I don't blame you at all for sure uh, so you've got free time now you, you've got that and we talked about like when you can't get out and you can't really explore like what do you do to kind of like protect yourself from a mental health standpoint? Like it, you can go a little stir yeah. crazy sometimes when you can't move around too much. So, so like, what do you do to kind of keep sane? I guess. Yeah. I think just for me, it's just finding something to just take myself away from whatever's going on. So if it's watching a TV show, then it's watching something on Netflix or something like that. And like I said before, like I've, I've started uh, writing, like, I don't know. I just, I, one day it's just kind of like, I feel like writing or just talking about something. So, I, you know, I started writing just about like my college career. And that I, that's something that I found that kind of fills my time or takes me away to get away from whatever, you know, I got going on, uh, whether it be basketball, life or whatever. So just trying to find something or whether it's calling my parents or calling my mom, calling my brother, my sister, something like that, just to just to take me away for a little bit. So the the writing you're doing, is this for you, for journaling, like to, to keep 
keep things kind of fresh in your mind or do you want to publish them somewhere like try to do a player's tribune like what, what's the what's the thought I don't know I'm, I might publish something I feel like I have a lot of a lot of things that I could talk about that people would would have no clue that that I went through in college uh if they unless they were like associated with the program or went to Northwestern and stuff like I've dealt with a lot of injuries stuff like that so it might be something that I end up publishing but we'll see We'll see where it goes. <laughs> if I'm able to give you some advice, hold on to yeah. all of those. Because actually, oh, yeah. an, an article I wrote for ESPN The Undefeated in 2018, and it was an article that I had written already in my notes that I met mm-hmm. the owner and founder of ESPN The Undefeated, downtown Silver Spring, at the LA Fitness. He was working okay. out. I got introduced yep. to him. And, you know, my guy told him about me, what I had going on. And I met him on a Saturday. I was published on Wednesday. And they paid me for the article that I had written in my notes in my phone. So yeah. like this, and it was all, because it was authentic. You know, I wasn't doing it to make money. It was something that was real for me. And yeah. so hold on to that because there's a place for it. You know, if you choose to go that route. For sure. So, yeah, yeah. Mike and I got a couple bylines between the two of us. So if we can help you with any of that, let us know. We'll, oh, sure. we'll okay. put you in the right direction. All right. Because cool. look, we, look, the money's going to be good, but we're trying to live this lifestyle for as long as we can and do whatever it is. So we have this freedom all the time. And it's about what you do off the court that's really going to give you that lifestyle, that that liberty to do all those things. So you don't want to take a job at no shade to North Dakota, you know, <laughs> like you don't want to take a job up there because they're paying you a lot of money and it's not where you yeah. want to be, you know. So yep. what you do now is going to off the court. It's going to help you, you know, live the life that you want to live. Yeah. So like I said, like Matt said, anything that we can do to help you already know, like. I've been. I used to come to your high school games. You know, we worked out yeah. two or three times, and I was like, look. Yep. I support, you know, so I'm I'm there. Appreciate that. Yeah. I just want to talk a little bit about your sort of transition from, from playing in the Big Ten to playing overseas. Like, what's the difference in competition like? What's the difference in style of play like? And then kind of what are the biggest adjustments you've had to make on the court? Because you took a lot of like mid-range jumpers and stuff like that in college. Yeah. Like, do those things still work for you there or is it because of the way they play? Like you've had to change, like just any of that kind of adjustment stuff I think would be interesting for folks. Yeah. Um, I think playing in the big Ten really prepared me to play professionally actually, um, you know, and I've seen a lot of the people that I've played against in college overseas. And so um, I think I, I really was prepared coming into it. Um, I, I mentioned before, I think like just the physicality over here has been uh has been really interesting to see. And it's not like I can't handle it or anything like that, but it's just, you know, something that, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of uh, right off the bat. Um, But other than that, you know, the pull-up jumper still works. So, you you know, still working on that, Uh, you know, obviously I could always get better in, in, in areas. So just working on, you know, trying, finishing at the rim better um taking contact things like that um improving my three-point percentages continuing to try and grow in those areas um is is kind of what what i've been working on now do, do they have you playing off the ball or are you initiating offense like how, how are they using you over there i'm playing off the ball okay um you know if i have to bring it up every once in a while then i'll bring it up but you know mm-hmm. for the most part i'm playing off the ball did you have that conversation with them prior to signing? Like, as was fit and style of play a, a factor in that at all? Or did you, you know, like, did your agent talk to them about like, hey, this is how she sees herself playing. Is this the kind of role that you're looking to fill? That sort of thing. Yeah, so pretty much my agent, um, you know, saying, you know, she plays two, three, wants to play off the ball. I like to score the basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that that's uh, kind of what I guess what the conversation was before I signed. Because we've had a couple guys, and and Mike can talk to this too. I think where you know maybe, hey, we really need a two three, but you're more of a three mm-hmm. two, and like it, you know, like it it's not maybe the the perfect fit. Um, you know, we, we had one guy on that is really kind of more of a, a combo guard, but they wanted him strictly to be a point guard. Like, yeah, uh, I, I think you probably are, are in a good spot then if they're if they're using you the way you want to want to actually play. Yeah, I'm in a pretty good spot. Uh, we. Early on, we lost our starting point guard. So then our backup point guard has become our starting point guard. And, you know, we've lost we've lost some players throughout the time. So 
I'm kind of finding a little bit more that I have to handle the ball a little bit more. But other than that, it, it's been pretty it's been pretty good in terms of how I like to play and, and everything. Well, you know, I mean, those situations, I like those situations because it kind of allows us to expand our games. And the more you expand your game, the more marketable you are. So let's say a yep. team at the, at the EuroLeague level and WMA, they need a combo who can also slide to the point that can be you, you know, say, so don't, yeah. don't look past that for sure. Because I know I've seen you play, you can play the point if you had to, you know, and uh, you just right now you all about a bucket. So, and that, and that's okay. But just keep that in mind, because if you can slide to that point, like the versatility, um, yeah. you know, will allow you to be more marketable, but something else though, that you said and that Matt talked about and you alluded to was that a lot of players, they don't, they feel afraid to dictate what they want before they go into a situation. And I think as players, we need to understand, like, this is our career. So, and everything's a negotiation, like either. And I, and I like to simplify complicated things. So yeah, this is your career. You are, you've been working towards this your whole life and this, that, and the third, but at the same time, it's, if it doesn't work out, then that's not where you're supposed to be anyway. So exactly. like, don't, don't be afraid to ask for adequate housing. I have players like right now that I advise that are living in substandard housing because they don't want to ruffle any feathers or rock the boat. I'm like, you don't go overseas to struggle. Like yeah. it's already a struggle. <laughs> it's, it's already, already a struggle in itself. <laughs> so the basic thing is like, like your home, your food, like those things should be taken care of and you can't be afraid to ask for that. And I, I actually get it in my contracts where they yeah. have to, they have to move me if it's not, up to my standards and so like that's that's something that i think um i want people to understand based on what you said what matt asked is that don't be afraid to ask for what you want like what's the what's the worst they can say no no you know what I'm but and then you move yeah. on but if they say yes then you get what you want but in business in life people are trying to always going to try to get the most for the least amount so if they can get you an all big 10 player for pennies on the dollar then they're going to try, they're going to try you. They're always going to try you. And that's why you have to yep. stand your ground and be like, look, I appreciate, be professional. I appreciate that. But yep. we ain't rocking. You know how we be like, look, yep. we ain't rocking. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that, that's something yep. I really want anybody that's listening to this, that has aspiring dreams of playing overseas or, or professional basketball and business in general to understand, ask for what you want and don't be afraid. Lindsay, anything other than salary that is sort of baked into your contract? Is it the housing? Is it a car? Is it food? And any of that flights even like any of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, so that, that's another thing, too, that my agent did a great job with is my like all that is in my contract, like food. When when they had when we had our national team break, they like the club has to pay for my flight to go home, my flight back, things like that. Housing, all that. So. I'm pretty much t- taken care of on, on all those fronts. When you're a wooden award finalist, you could do that. You can pull that off. <laughs> yeah. You got the leverage. No, but, yeah, but speaking on that, though, let's go back. Um, You played with USA Basketball as well, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what age uh, groups did you Yeah, what age groups did you play in? And did you guys go to any international competition that kind of opened your eyes to what overseas was like, even if it was just a glimpse? Yeah, Um. so – I played with the Pan American team. So it was, mm-hmm. um, I want to say anywhere from a sophomore to going into senior year of college. Um, mm-hmm. So played with a pretty uh, wide variety of players, some players that I played against he- here actually. So, and the games were in Peru. So that was a, mm-hmm. that was kind of like one of my first experiences overseas and I remember me and my one of my, my teammates, we were eating buttered noodles and peanut butter and jellies every day because the food there was like, no. So that, that was kind of one of the Buttered noodles. Yeah, wow. <laughs> buttered noodles and, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Survival. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, let's just call a quick time out to hear from two of our sponsors. First, we have NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, 
no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at just under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And next, let's hear from Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Okay, and now let's get back to the action. I know I've read this in another interview somewhere that Kobe was your favorite player. Uh, yeah. How have you kind of taken that Mamba mentality in your game and, and kind of helped apply it to like making it work overseas? Yeah, I think I, I try and apply that mindset like to everything that I do, like just putting in putting in work, whether it's basketball or just something off the court, all that. Um, just kind of having that killer, that killer instinct, that killer mindset, like at the end of the day, if it's something that you want to do, you got to put the work, the time and, and grind and, and get it done in order to get what you want at the end of the day. And then when it comes to on the court, it's like, I don't care. I don't really care who's in front of me. you be my best friend. But at the end of the day, I got to do what I got to do because I, I want to win and I want to be great and I want to continue to keep getting better. So just having that mindset of like nothing's going to get in the way of what I want to accomplish and um just trying to be the best that I can be and continue to, to, to strive for greatness. Kind of talk about Lindsay, like you said, you have to kind of go without certain things while you're overseas, you know, like you don't have train, maybe not have adequate training staff or, you know, ice and cryo and, and, and uh, Norma techs. Like, like what, what is it like with your team in particular? Cause we've had everybody has different experiences based on yeah. the club. Um, from like athletic trainer standpoint and stuff like that, it's, it's honestly been pretty good. You know, we got our little off brand, uh, recovery boots, um, you know, treatment, all that rehab, all that stuff. So on that front, it's been good. It's definitely different when it comes, like when it comes to lifting, uh, definitely a different, like not completely different, but just in kind of different way of going things than you're used to in college, like in college, exercise, you're used to, okay, right? yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. You're used to doing like, you know, main exercises, like back squat, stuff like that, bench press, whatever, like here is kind of just little things like whether, whether it's like dumbbell bench press, something like that, like just yeah. medicine ball, stuff like that. So on that front, it's been, it's been different I'm trying to think what else. Um, I mean, you guys have like, what they call them physios there too. Like yeah, a physiotherapist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we so have they, one they of those. tape you guys, they tape you mm -hmm. and, and all that. Okay. So you're in yeah. a pretty good situation. I'm in a pretty good yeah. situation. You know, other than you know, you miss Chick-fil-A or Chipotle every <laughs> once in a while, stuff like yeah. that. But other than that, the food's been good here, stuff like that. Uh, I have access to the gym. So uh -huh. I'm in you a, a car. In a, no, I don't have a car. Okay. So um yeah, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm walking, and uh, yeah. I'm also in a hotel the whole time, so that's oh, wow. a little bit okay. different as well. But, I mean, the hotel is right by the gym, other than the big hill I got to walk up to get there. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, it's uh, I'm in a pretty good situation in terms of that. Embrace that. It's part of your overseas journey, so when, yeah. when you 10 years down the road, you can look back <laughs> and say, look, I went through that, and I'm I made yeah. it through. So yeah. it's a badge of honor. You can literally yeah. tell people I walked uphill uh, both <laughs> ways a couple miles. You know, you give them give them the uh, the old person stories and oh, yeah. <laughs> stretch the truth a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. 
how's the money been so far? Are you getting paid on time? I know that's always a big important don't, one. Don't t- don't tell your salary, please. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, not really getting paid on time. So that's a little bit frustrating. Um, mm. There's been some problems with the club and everything. So that's something that you got to deal with. Like the off the court stuff is a, is a little bit frustrating because, you know, you put a lot of time in and it's like, you know, you sign a contract. It's like this one mm-hmm. I'm supposed to get paid. So that's when I expect to get paid. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. doing that. Like I didn't come to go another country to, you know, not not get what I'm supposed to be getting on time and things like that. Yeah. Like I'm not out here to work for free. I love basketball, but if yeah. I wanted to do that, I could stay home and work out, you know? So, exactly. but you know, other than the off the court stuff, it's been, it's been all right. <laughs> Just so trying yeah. to survive, dug it out. Yeah. So like in your contract, you know, you have clauses in there, you know, obviously if your team doesn't pay you by a certain date, mm-hmm. you know, their, their penalties. And then if they don't pay you by this date, then you're free to leave and things like that. It hasn't gotten that bad yep. yet, has it? Oh, okay. it's on, it's on the verge. Yeah. <laughs> it's on, it's on the verge. So, so, so with that being said, not to get too, too personal, but like, is your yeah. agent, you know, telling you, advising you on how to operate while he does his job? on oh, yeah. the agent side like what are you supposed to do as a player because that's one thing i tell my players that i advise is you know there's a way to handle these things you know because mm-hmm. whether you're in the wrong or right the 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 market will always side with the club so like yeah. if you did something like i have players that just end up leaving they just walk away mm-hmm. even though they're justified they didn't go about it the right way and it, it puts the yeah. stain on their reputation Oh, yeah. No, we, we've been going going about everything the right way in terms of like, you know, sending out the letter or whatever if they haven't paid, things like that. So just so we have a track record, of, if it does come to that point where I have to terminate, we have all that, uh, you know, all the documents, all that stuff. So been going about it the right way. So if it does come to that, I can get out and, and get, you know, everything that I'm supposed to get. So definitely been trying to take all the right steps with, with that going on. Because it, it could come to that very well. <laughs> and see, I think, yeah, sorry, Matt. Um, no. This is one of the perks about playing in the States. I tell people that all the time about, you know, if you can play in the NBA, WNBA, hopefully you guys get adequate pay eventually. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen sooner than later. The, the t- there's too much um, there's too much narrative around it, but it's going to happen. Sponsors are going to come in, but playing ball overseas can be a great experience off the court, but people overlook like things like this where you really don't have any recourse. Yeah. You could take them to, to, to the tribunal in Switzerland and, mm-hmm. and, and take them to court, but people don't know you have to pay for that out of your pocket. Yeah. And then yep. if you win, you reimburse, you know? And yeah. so it, and that's the whole process and teams know that. So, I mean, you're getting a, a front row seat at the business of, of international sports right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it's a lot of things that people don't even know that goes on overseas before they come over here. So definitely, it's definitely been eye-opening. It's obviously frustrating for you personally, and, and we both hope that that, you know, resolves itself very quickly. But, you know, you mentioned teammates leaving. I'm assuming some of it's related to that situation. How does that mm-hmm. kind of manifest on the court? Like, how much harder is it to play when you have unhappy teammates potentially or kind of a revolving door of our starters gone and and now the backup is the starter like when you have that kind of uncertainty how much tougher does it make it to kind of do your job it, it, it i mean it's tough because you know like i'm i'm not really happy in this situation either you know it's mm-hmm. tough but at the end of the day you got to do what you got to do so just kind of i know that at the end of the day this is helping me in my career and especially, you know, my agent will tell me too, like it, it, it even looks better on me that I'm still here playing and I'm still playing well. So, you know, it, you got to just grind through some stuff. And that's kind of where I'm at, just kind of knowing that this is going to help me down the road with my career overseas. And when I get back in the States, uh, you know, going back, trying to get back in the league. So uh, it's just going to help me um, at the end of the day. And just learning how to fight through adversity. Not that your skill level wouldn't get you back in the league, but just this alone, yeah. like, I ain't coming back. Like, y'all going to have yeah. to <laughs> pull me off this court. And I'm playing in the, in the league this year because I'm not going yeah. back to that. So it, it yeah. can be motivating as well, for sure. So I already know you're going to use that sure. to your advantage. Because, I like, quick, quick story. I didn't see a lot of your games in college, right? Because I'm playing mm-hmm. in the time difference overseas and stuff. But I'll never forget. I will. It was 
your senior year, you guys were playing conference play. You guys were playing Maryland. I'm walking through the airport. And I'm looking at the TV and I'm like, Northwestern women, I know somebody there. <laughs> and so, and I, you do, two you will pull up to the right and they zoom in on you and you gave like a meme mug or something to your bench. Yeah. I was like, ready. Like, I'll never, I'll never oh, yeah. forget that. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I don't think I saw any of your college games. That was the first one I saw. And it was really? that play. Walking through the airport, it was at some restaurant bar they had it on. And if so that's like, one play to encapsulate my career, that's it right there. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, she's ready. So like, when you get back into this process after this season, I know you're gonna be ready. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. This may be sort of a, a you question here, Mike. The thing I've mm-hmm. kind of found most interesting about this convo too is just kind of the the difference between how you have to go about it from from the men's side and, and the women's side. You know, on on the men's side, if you end up overseas, like finding the right agent is such a big deal because there are kind of sketchier people trying to, you know, get different people in there and stuff. Maybe not sort of always the most responsible parties there, but you know, for, for Lindsay, like you are such a, you did have such a prestigious college career. Like you have like a good agent and the better agents want you, but going overseas is is just a part of that for you. So you have kind of representation that's that's well-versed in how to get you in the right WNBA situation, but also overseas. I just think that's kind of a very interesting dynamic change between the two. Yeah. And I, I think too, like when I was trying to figure out who I was going to sign with is it, thinking about who uh, can do the most for me in both, in both areas. Cause that's important. Cause some, you know, some agents, they're better with just the WNBA uh, mm-hmm. just focusing on that or better. They have better connects overseas. So um that was something too just finding that balance for me that was really important uh quick hitters let's get it okay <laughs> so we we do these the end of every episode here Lindsay. just kind of first thing that comes to mind couple couple words right. short sentence if you have a great story attached to one of them you know feel free to share it we're okay. not rushing you out of here or anything like that but we we do kind of throw these at you pretty quick uh, okay any new hobby? You, you talked about some of these, but any new hobby you picked up or food that you tried for the first time that, well, you either liked or didn't like, but but maybe something that that's kind of new to you from this experience. Um, new to me, uh, yogurt. They like yogurt with like everything, so that's been uh, different. Can't say I'm a fan of that one, but yogurt goes with everything out here apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you picked up that you did like. Um, that I did like, I like kebabs a lot out here. So it's, it's a little bit different than, you know, what you would get in the States. Yeah. What is a, what is an interesting story or ex- like one thing that really stands out about something that happened either on or off the court that was like, I'm not in America, like, or just something like crazy that your coach did or something that happened during the game or off the court that you saw in the city that was like shocking to you. Okay. Um, Okay, give me a sec. Let me think. Oh. Dang. Uh, it, could be, it could be anything that you a, saw, like, off the court, it, like, when you weren't in the airport, like, somebody came up to you and said something to you. Like, it could be something good or bad. It, it doesn't have okay. to be bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. Like, it's funny because me and my teammate were literally just talking about some of the crazy stuff with that uh-huh. happened since we've That's been okay. here. And now, that I, now that you asked, I'm <laughs> like, uh, dang. Something happened. I know something happened. Something. Oh, something's <laughs> happened. I just, can't, I just can't think of anything right now. Um, Let's say we can come back to it. Maybe, maybe. Okay, we come back to it. Let me see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You went from a college program where you're a pretty recognizable face. Like you know, you were we were one of the the most important people on the team, if not the most important. I don't want to throw your teammates under the bus or anything, but. Uh, do you get recognized in your city in Turkey? Like, are are people like? that are coming to games, like pointing you out as you go down the street? Like, is there any of that recognize their restaurants, that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. Um, there's like a, a high school or middle school. I don't know what it is, a uh, school right by uh, our gym and everything. So like a couple of times during their lunchtime, they get to go to the mall or whatever and go get lunch. So if I'm walking back from practice or something like that, I hear somebody like yell my name. I'm like, who's Who's calling me? But then they can't say anything else besides hello. So you just say hello or they'll be like photo, photo. So yeah, a little bit, but you know, not not a ton, not as much as uh, as in the States, but a little bit. Best advice you've been given or would give somebody like uh, one of your college teammates that's about to go pro this year or something like that, like that you would give to a, the next 
kind of group of people. You're you're young, so I don't expect you to have like all the sage yeah. wisdom yet, but anything you've picked up? Um, I think, you know, it's different now, like being a pro. So at the end of the day, whatever is going to be best for you, that's what you have to do. Like you, you don't really have to think about everything else that comes with it. Like it's your career. So at the end of the day, like you got to make decisions that are going to be best for you, whether, you know, whatever it might be, just thinking about what's going to be the best for you in your career and know what's going to make you happy. So just, I think just paying attention and taking care of, of what what's going to be best for you. Mike, any vet wisdom for, for Lindsay? <laughs> I think she, she's well on her way. You know, the, the advice that I always give players is to love the game. You know, yeah. the, the love for the game is it'll help you navigate all of the BS that you're going to, that you're going to encounter while you play overseas, the culture shocks, the, the money being laid, you know, your coaches being weird with your playing time. Like you might play all this, all these minutes, and all of a sudden you play half that the next two games. Like that happens and it's arbitrary. So if you love the game and you're and you're playing it for the right reasons, it'll help you get through all of that stuff. But Lindsay already has that mindset. You know, like I said, she was in the gym when I was in the gym. So if you were in the gym <laughs> as much as me, like I know you love the game because I was always in the gym. And yeah. Like her, her parents did a great job with that, and, and I know she's prepared. So, uh, so I think she, she's good. I think the only advice I would be is just to really kind of start to think about off the court um, endeavors and ventures and things like that. So you can, especially when, once you get back to the league, because you're getting back to the league, and once you have oh, that, yeah. you know, utilize that network that you have there, because we get access to a lot of people that are in different fields. And we shouldn't have to do anything outside of what we want to do to make money based on who we get to meet through this yeah. you know, professional sports career. So that's probably my best advice is, is don't overlook these relationships. Like you meet these people, they come to your games, they're somebody, you know, especially if you see them courtside or in like the VIP suites and you have to do meet and greets. Like as yeah. much as they want to know about you, ask them about themselves. That's something that I never did at Aspen Hill. So the gym that we went to was a really prestigious mm-hmm. gym. A lot of people did a lot of good things and they were always asking me about my career and I would never ask them about what they did. These are like business CEOs, you know, you know, like financial experts and and owners of all these companies. And they're asking me about my career and I don't know anything about them. And so, you know, just just make sure you don't overlook that like I did. Got you. Best advice. That's a really good one. That that actually is. That applies to everybody listening and every every walk of life in every career industry, I think too. Lindsay, who's the toughest person you've been matched up against this year? Whether it's somebody people would know, a WNBA player or something like that, where you were like, oh, oh shit. Like, that. Who, who's giving you buckets? Hang who's on. somebody that gave you buckets? Gave me buckets or gave my team buckets? <laughs> That's why I asked you. Gave you buckets. Not, not, even, not even buckets, but a bucket. And you were like, all right, that was tough. All right, let me think. <laughs> yeah, people, uh, I mean, I'm not saying people are getting buckets on me like that. That's why it's taking me a minute to think. Who's the best player you played against, like what Matt was saying, that you were like, all right, this person's tough? i say, dang, we played against so many good players this yeah. year. It's been just, ridiculous. Just rattle a couple of them um, off. Any, any yeah. names people would uh, would recognize from, from the WNBA? My girl, Ari McDonald, she played really well against us uh, when mm. she was – she's back home now, but she she was mm. overseas for a little bit. Who else? Uh, Kalani Brown. She's not a guard, but she's a, mm. uh, a post. Um, Brianna Frazier, trying to think. Uh, Kathleen Doyle played together on the USA team. She went to Iowa. She's just in the league this past year. Those are just a couple that I've thought of that have played really well against us, so – Ariel Atkins, um, Joyner Holmes, just some of the really good players that we played against in Euro Cup and in Turkish League. Were, were there any um, local players, like Turkish players or international players that people in the States might not know that you saw and you were like, huh, like she can really play? <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, but there's been, there's been really good uh, Turkish players that, you know, they might they might not be the primary scorer on their team because they have some pros in the league or Americans or whatever, but they they do their job and they're like essential parts of the team. So yeah. played against like some really good overall players. That's a very good political answer. Yeah, <laughs> you've had great media. I training. went to Northwestern. You can't blame me. Media training. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> 
All right. You mentioned you're watching some TV, getting some Netflix in, yeah. you've been reading a couple of books. What show have you been killing the most time with so far? And any books you've read that you've really liked? I just watched the new episodes of Money Heist. Yeah. Really good show. Me and my mom watched The Voice. So y'all watch it and then we'll talk about it later. Um, I watched, I was with my parents this week and did just watch the final. So I saw Okay. Yeah. See, All American. I can keep going for days. I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> so yeah. Probably not good, but I have a lot of time on my normal. hands. Yeah. A book, I can't, of course, I can't think of the name of the book now, but it talks a lot about like Kobe Bryant's mentality, uh, Michael Jordan, stuff like that. So if it comes back up to me, I'll, I'll mention it later, but. Oh, we need you to recommend a guest that we need to have on somebody that you know that, you know, obviously is a bucket like you, but also has like interesting experiences and perspective on uh, playing overseas. If anybody okay. like somebody that you talk to, maybe a vet or a peer of yours that, you know, her story is something that you think people want to know about. Because this podcast is going to be it's going to be pretty, pretty popular because it's all overseas talk and we're going to market it the right way. So we want to basically have people on to have interesting perspectives and have a variety of perspectives. Okay. So it could be anybody like somebody that plays in the league as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Because we're gonna have Marissa Coleman. I hit up Marissa the other day. So she's okay. gonna get on. So okay. Like somebody cool. like yeah, yeah, somebody in that vein. Like what's some somebody that you would recommend? Kyla Charles. She Kyla uh Charles. yeah, she went to uh Riverdale and mm-hmm. played at Maryland. Um okay. she's now playing with the Connecticut Sun. And I want to say she's playing in uh, Russia now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that might be cool. I played with her in AAU. We mm-hmm. younger played against her in high school and all that. So I feel like she she would probably be good. You know, okay. another DMV native. Another so. DMV, I'm about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We got to get some people from some other states on here. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. diversify a little bit as well. <laughs> Oh, and I got I got a story for you of a funny story or whatever what, uh, yes, what the question was. Um, mm-hmm. So we're in practice one day, and my teammate like threw a turnover. It wasn't uh, it wasn't open at all. Like it was like just blatantly a bad pass. My uh-huh. coach goes over to the sideline, grabs his glasses, puts his stuff down, brings his glasses back over to her, puts them on her face, <laughs> and it's like, can you see? And just starts going off in Turkish. I know it's kind of bad for her, but it was absolutely hilarious. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it in my life. So here's the question. Do you laugh in the moment or are you trying not to laugh? I'm trying not to laugh. I probably have a little smirk on my face, trying to just avoid uh, eye contact with him. But right. <laughs> I, me, and, me and my other American teammate were, were laughing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Please, yeah, anybody listen to this that's trying to play overseas, understand your coach is not going to be like the coaches in the States. All of no. this like narrative about, you know, coddling the players and all of that, it is out the window once you go overseas. So you better have tough skin. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I've done some youth coaching in the past, so I'm trying to remember that one for next time. The next go around, I'm going to take my glasses <laughs> up to the little kids and just... <laughs> Ever have an opponent or even a teammate maybe say just say something kind of crazy? Maybe it was their English wasn't great, but like they were trying to tell you something and it just came out kind of kind of funny or ridiculous. Yeah, like sometimes my uh, it'll happen a lot. Like my coach will say something or my teammates will say something, and they're like, "We'll be like, what? What are y'all like? What are y'all talking? What did you say?" And then he'll say it again, and then once they show or like do whatever they're talking about, it's like, "Oh!" And then you say it, and it's like the way they say things is really different. So sometimes well, it, you have to become fluent in broken English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. You'll say something like, j- "Jump around two, three. Yeah. Like, what is that? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lindsay, anything else you have going on off the court or on the court that, that you want to plug or tell people about that, uh, or something you want them to know about you as the person, player, uh, all, all those kind of things? No, I don't think so. But just know there's big things coming for me. So, you know, just stay ready for that. <laughs> I was about to say, look out. She's coming. Yep. And she's going to yep. be a sta- stable in the league. Trust me. <laughs> We, we definitely hope so. We're rooting for you. We really appreciate the time. 
for everybody listening to this, like there is a big time difference between where we are and where Lindsay is. So she was very flexible about making this work with us. And and we appreciate you uh, carving out some time to do this. We wish you the best of luck and please keep us posted. We want to have a couple of return guests on here. You know, you're, you are the person in their career, like earliest in their career that we've had on as a guest so far. So uh, we want to keep tracking this along the way. We want to hear your, your stories as you kind of accumulate more things. And we know there'll be some good WNBA stories in there too next time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lindsay, you already know what it is. All love. Anything hit me. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you. for you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.